0: When it rains, people usually dash for cover. But in Pretoria, there's a man who runs towards the showers.
1: I like when the rain rain drops on me.
0: Whenever raindrops touch his skin, it's as though the stains of his past are washed away.
1: I am becoming a new person. I'm getting healed. It reminds me before I, I, I went to exile.
0: From the Aztecs to the Zulus, Rain symbolizes renewal, fertility, growth, and for a long time, Tempekile wondered whether he would be able to move forward with his life. Think back on the last 10 years. How many weddings, graduations, baby showers and funerals have you attended? Think about the new things. Instagram, Taxify, Spotify. Now imagine losing a decade. This is what happened to Jabulo, Boswell, Bridget and Tembegile. In this special report from News24 and the Vitz Justice Project, we tell the stories of people who were wrongfully convicted. We explore the human cost of when justice is denied.
1: Firstly, I must say, welcome to WITZ. Thank you. It's a real pleasure to be here. Uh, and so, uh, it's, it's really an honour to have you guys here. Uh, and it's really a wonderful opportunity uh, to celebrate this case. And your case was uh, truly a travesty of, of justice.
0: Adam Habib, the Vice-Chancellor of WITZ University in Johannesburg, is standing at a podium in front of a packed room. He's the keynote speaker at a welcome home party hosted by the Justice Project for Timbekile Molaudzi.
1: We are sorry to you, we are sorry to your family, we are sorry to your children, and we are sorry to uh, your colleagues for the experience that you have had to go uh, under democratic South Africa.
0: Tembekile lost almost 11 years of his life after a crime he did not commit was pinned on him.
2: Occasionally in life, you meet somebody who changes the way you think and who shifts your perspective. I never expected to find that person wearing orange overalls behind bars in Sondervata prison.
0: Carolyn Rafaeli is a senior journalist with the Vitz Justice Project based in the journalism department at Wits University in Joburg. The project investigates human rights abuses related to the criminal justice system with a specific focus on wrongful convictions. She's been at the organization for nearly a decade.
2: Tembekile has taught me an inordinate amount about the law, life, patience, persistence, and most importantly about forgiveness. He's truly an extraordinary man. Carolyn
0: assisted Tembekile in his dogged quest to prove his innocence for three years before his wrongful conviction was overturned by the Constitutional Court. I am from Pretoria. He grew up in a blended family.
1: I wanted to be a doctor one day, to help those who were uh, sick. But, you know, life does not give what we expect at the same time, you see. In
0: 1996, while in grade 10, he dropped out of high school. He then found part-time work. I do the peace jobs and then I save
1: money. Then I got the license and then I went to the taxis. I was ranking
0: from Harankuwa to Mututum. At the start of 2003, he was now transporting people from Soshanguve to the Pretoria CBD. It was all smooth sailing. He was in a stable relationship and his girlfriend was expecting their first child together. Then one night, after work, there was a knock on the door. It was the police. Then they told me a policeman
1: was killed in Motutlung and then I was involved with the people that killed that policeman.
0: Tembekele racked his brain, trying to figure out how he'd been roped into all of this. Remember Boswell Mhlongo from episode 2? Well, Tembekele was implicated in the very same
2: crime. You'll hear more about Boswell later in this episode. In 2002, a policeman called Dingan Makuna was shot and died in a botched hijacking involving eight men who were subsequently rounded up and arrested for his death. Tembekile was arrested about six months later. In hot pursuit
0: of the men responsible for killing one of their colleagues, police claimed eight men traveled together to Dingan's house in one sedan.
2: For me, I was amazed that eight men could fit into a Toyota Cressida and um, Tembukile is about two meters tall and it didn't seem possible to me that eight men large men could fit into this small car which was their getaway car
1: it was just a manipulated and fabricated case because of it it cannot make sense that eight people can use a vehicle and a sedan how will they sit inside it how will they fit
0: based on a tip-off by tabo majeke who was already serving time for an unrelated crime tembekile boswell Disco Nkosi, George Makubella, Victor Moyo and Samuel Kanye were all arrested. An eighth man was also named, but he went into hiding. The seven men were now facing charges of murder, robbery with aggravating circumstances, attempted robbery, unlawful possession of firearms and unlawful possession of ammunition. As the only eyewitness, Dingan's daughter was asked to point out suspects in the
2: lineup. During two um, ID parades, Timberkila was not identified by the daughter. And I also immediately thought a two, if a two meter man shot and killed your father, you would remember him. He's a very large and easily identifiable man and you couldn't miss him.
0: Unexpectedly, Tubo accused number one, recanted his earlier statements and subsequently changed his story on two separate occasions.
2: There was no gun residue found, there were no witnesses and no independent corroboration of no fingerprints and no tangible evidence linking Tembekile to the crime. The only evidence implicating Tembekile was a recanted confession by a co-accused.
0: All of the accused pleaded not guilty, including Tabo Majerke. Nonetheless, the trial continued. On the 22nd of July 2004, Justice Monica Liu, now Northwest Judge President, sentenced the men to life imprisonment for murder. They were also sentenced to 15 years imprisonment for robbery and 3 years imprisonment for possession of firearms and possession of ammunition.
1: We were regarded as people that were menaced to society, we
0: were cuffed, from the hands and the legs. Tembekile started his sentence at the maximum security section of Khosi Correctional Centre in Pretoria. There were no warm welcomes or pleasantries.
1: Then, when we were admitted in Simex, when in the reception, they take all all our clothes off, and then we were left there naked in front of ladies ward us, and then they forced us to squat. And then they choke us with electric shocks, those shields. Yes. And then we were screaming. It was just horrible for us.
3: Hello. Yes, I can hear you.
0: We reached out to Egon Oswald. He's a human rights lawyer whose career has largely been based in Port Elizabeth.
3: I have encountered allegations of torture in practically every prison in South Africa that I have worked in.
0: He's done extensive work on the mistreatment of prisoners.
3: Our law is very clear. Torture is unacceptable.
0: He says conversations around violence in prisons are usually framed as offender-on-offender attacks rather than authorities misusing their power on inmates.
3: People. Complain of being beaten with either a fist or with a baton and often there is the complaint of the use of electroshocking devices often in combination with water. Shocking of gentles, tying of people to the bed in a crucifix type of position and then spraying them with water and electroshocking them. Isolation, bagging, uh, that's a situation where they put a bag over a person's head and suffocate him and much more. The list goes on and on.
0: Prisoners feel dehumanized.
1: So it's like we were wild animals, and then they were trying to tame us.
0: In 2013, Ruth Hopkins, a former senior journalist at the Vitz Justice Project, found evidence of abuse at the Mangaung Correctional Centre in the Free State. At the time, the facility was privately run by multinational security company G4S. Her investigation revealed that 42 inmates had allegedly been tortured. She found evidence of electroshocking, forced medication with antipsychotic drugs, and lengthy segregation of prisoners. Her bombshell investigation led to then Minister of Correctional Services Spoon de Bele promising an investigation. 6 years later, that investigative report is still to be published.
3: Distilled to its simplest form, torture amounts to the abuse of power. It is obviously something that needs to be combated. It has the ability to morph into various other forms of abuse and to transport itself into different institutions and other aspects of public and civil life.
0: Egon says respect for human rights applies to all South Africans, including people behind bars. He says although most inmates have committed crimes and should face the full might of the law, Their misdemeanors can't justify torture. Tembekile continued to protest his innocence. With only a grade 10 education, he spent his time studying the Constitution and the Criminal Procedure Act.
1: In 2004, when I was admitted in CIMEX, I wrote to former president Tabumbek requesting for his intervention and then he replied me that uh, uh, the office of the president has no power over the judiciary and then the judiciary was independent if I was not satisfied with my conviction and sentence I had to lodge an appeal and I can use my own lawyer and then if I didn't have a lawyer I can use
0: legal aid. He needed his court transcripts in order to file his appeal. Now court transcripts are written verbatim accounts of everything that happens in a court. This includes witness testimonies, attorney questions and judges rulings. These accounts allow judges at high courts who are reviewing appeal cases to have detailed accounts of what happened during trial proceedings, such as evidence that was presented, the counter-arguments, and the final judgment. Access to these transcripts is every inmate's constitutional right.
2: When Tempukila began searching for his transcripts, firstly, the legal aid Advocate who represented him claimed that his office had burnt down and that the transcripts were were lost. And then they got a second um, legal aid advocate who also failed to deliver.
0: He then joined forces with two of his co-accused, buzzle and Disco in trying to obtain the final transcripts. Together, their families managed to raise 18,000 rand between them to pay a private attorney
2: to find those missing
0: transcripts.
2: After another two years passed, the the private attorney finally um, produced the transcripts. They were supposed to be 1,023 pages, uh, which included the most crucial evidence that they needed. And when they got those transcripts, a third of the transcripts were missing. The continuous
0: maladministration was costing Tembekile his freedom. He still wasn't in a position to appeal his case, and he was unable to obtain his trial transcripts. He'd hit a brick wall, and he didn't know what to do.
1: He once told me that uh, he is trying to make an appeal uh, and his appeal doesn't go through. uh, So he like me to help him with regard to uh, the the follow-ups of his appeal.
0: Levi Mapakane lives in Polokwane. He's a retired prison warder who worked at the Zondavata Correctional Services for more than two decades. Levi met Tembekile when Tembekile was transferred from Khosimampuru Mampuru Correctional Centre to Zondavatar. Levi Mapakane was a very, very kind person. In 2010, while reading a daily national newspaper, Tembekile saw an article about the Vitz Justice Project. The article described the work of the organisation and the cases it was working on. He pleaded with Levi to contact the organization on his behalf.
1: When I'm off at at home, I started to read about the budget project. What is this uh, organization doing? What is it all about? Then I went to the website. It's where I found uh, Caroline as a contact person. Then I met with Caroline with all those papers that have been given by Tim Begulam Lounsley. And then I tried to explain to her... Well, what what happened and then sister Carolyn came to i was in sonervater by that time then she came and consulted me and then the first day we met and then i showed her the copy of the record that i got i told her that this record is not authentic
2: he told me that he had been unable to appeal his case for 8 years cuz he couldn't get his transcripts oh. and um the issue of missing transcripts was an issue for the Vitz Justice Project because um, we regarded it as a enormous miscarriage of justice because every citizen should be entitled to appeal their case. So, when I went to the prison initially, um, I agreed to actually help him find his transcripts, not to help him prove his innocence. He's a man that is very, very unique, and you just, when you meet him, you have to believe him. It just didn't seem possible to me that he could have been involved in a murder. One of the things I did was to go to the Motutlung police station with a letter from him asking them give me his docket which they refused to hand over because his docket also disappeared. In the end, I actually bumped into a senior legal person in the Woolworths garage shop on Empire Road late one night and I went up to him and I said, please can you tell me, please can you give me some advice, what must I do? That senior
0: legal person, put her in touch with a few of his contacts. These contacts referred her to one person who referred her to another. Soon, Lawyers for Human Rights stepped in. None of Tembekile's efforts would have made a difference if Lawyers for Human Rights had not managed to persuade Justice Liu to allow them to retranscribe his transcripts. It was only after receiving the transcripts that Tembekile and his co-accused were finally in a position to appeal their case in the Northwest High Court. It had taken him eight long years to obtain a basic constitutional right. His appeal was heard by a full bench in November 2012.
2: After his appeal was turned down in the High Court, he he was just undeterred. Towards the end of 2013, he filed another appeal,
0: this time with the Supreme Court of Appeal in Bloemfontein. Once again, his application was dismissed.
2: What makes Tembekile's case so extraordinary is actually the man himself, because he was absolutely indefatigable and determined to prove his innocence. And he just never gave up. But Tembekile
0: knew he was innocent. His last shot at freedom was at the Constitutional Court. The Concord is South Africa's highest court and deals with cases of constitutional significance, often cases in which human rights are violated.
2: The Constitutional Court dismissed Tembekile's application on the basis that it had no reasonable prospects of success and it wasn't based on a constitutional principle. Um, And then he was basically done. There was nowhere to go.
0: It was the end of the road for Tembekile. He would have to spend the rest of his life behind bars. We said Boswell from episode two would make a cameo appearance in this episode. Remember his conviction and sentence was overturned by the Con Court in 2015? This was two years after the Constitutional Court had dismissed Tempahile's application. Remember seven men were charged with the murder of Officer Dingan? Well, during the initial murder trial, each of the men received a number from one through seven. The curveball was thrown at the Concord judges presiding over Boswell's case. State prosecutor Nigel Carpenter told the court that accused number five deserved the same legal fate as Boswell. The identity of accused number five was not revealed during the Concord proceedings, but accused number five was now allowed to piggyback on the coattails of Boswell's application.
2: They didn't realize that accused number 5 was Tembekile or that his case had already been dismissed by the court. And that triggered a legal principle called res judicata, which basically means you can't have two bites of the same legal cherry. In other words, the Constitutional Court can't hear the same case on the same evidence twice.
0: Since Tembekile's Concord application had already been heard and dismissed in 2013, the court needed to resolve whether it had the jurisdiction to hear the matter again.
2: They then spent spent three months debating whether the court had the jurisdiction to hear his case. And in the end, the court decided that in the interests of justice, that Tembekile had to be treated in the same way as Boswell, whose um, convictions the court overturned.
0: Their judgments stated that Tembequile's case represented exceptional circumstances that cry out for flexibility on the part of the court. It meant Tembekile could go home. Tembekile's release made legal history. It was the first time that the Constitutional Court had ever overturned its own decision.
2: I'm a journalist, I'm not a lawyer. When I met Tembekile, I had no idea what a mandamus application was, what a notice of motion was, let alone what an appeal to the High Court, the ConCourt, or the Supreme Court entailed. He patiently and politely explained to me and re-explained to me the most intricate of legal technicalities. When I finally understood his point, he'd say, Ha ah, now you're thinking like a lawyer.
0: This was eight weeks after Tembekile's release at the end of June 2015, at the party held in his honor.
2: He has never, ever shown any anger or any desire for vengeance. Today, when asked if he is angry, he says, no, that will only destroy me. I'll gain nothing from bitterness. If pushed, He says, the presiding officer was misled by the prosecutor and the police. And when seriously pushed, he'll say, to err is human. That is the measure of the man.
0: Much to Carolyn's surprise, the same man who would talk her ear off while fighting for his freedom was now at a loss for words.
1: I don't have much words. I just like to thank God and everybody who has contributed towards my freedom. I'm not the man of many speeches because if I'm going to, to, to talk along, I will be activating my tears and then I don't like people to see me crying.
0: In South Africa, there are no consequences for judicial officers who wrongfully convict innocent people.
3: The general rule is that you can't sue a judge or magistrate who got it wrong in a court case. The principle is known as judicial immunity and it's applied all over the world. So essentially, if a judge gets it wrong, It's just one of those things. You just have to suck it up and move on.
0: Egon says there isn't any clear legislation in South Africa that allows for automatic claims of compensation for people who were wrongfully convicted.
3: In America and Canada, and a couple of other countries, they have specific legislation that, on a scale, allows people to claim monetary compensation for the years that they spent behind bars wrongfully.
0: Tempekele doesn't want to dwell on the past, He just wants to catch up on the years he lost. When Tembekile was sentenced, his son Mark was only a year old. In those years behind bars, Tembekile missed out on many firsts. When Mark got his first haircut, he did it without his father. When he watched his first soccer match, his father wasn't there.
1: He was raised without the father figure. He was raised in my absence.
0: Justice Denied is a News24 production in collaboration with the Vitz Justice Project. This episode was produced and written by Nokutula Manyati. Narrated by Jerusha Rath with editorial oversight by Jerusha Rath and Carolyn Ruffeli. Additional reporting by Charlene Roet and Carolyn Ruffeli. With additional sound engineering by Charlene Roet. You can find this and more episodes on News24, SoundCloud and in your podcast store.